In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, tonight, uh, our Bible study from John, chapter 19. Uh, actually, chapter 18 and chapter 19 together explain to us the story of the Passion and the sacrificial death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Since St. John wrote his Gospel in a later time after the other three evangelists, that's why St. John does not repeat the events covered in the other Gospels. But usually he tells us events that were not covered in the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In these two chapters, uh, St. John explains the events of the Passion and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ in in five settings. Three of them were in chapter 18, and two things actually in chapter 19. In chapter 19, he will explain to us about the crucifixion, Golgotha, and also the burial of our Lord Jesus Christ in the garden uh, tomb. Uh, Chapter 19, we can actually divide it into seven sections. The soldiers mark Jesus from one to four. Pilate's decision or resolution from 5 to 16, the king on a cross from 17 to 24, behold your mother from 25 to 27, it is finished from 28 to 30, Jesus' side is pierced from 31 to 37, and Jesus buried in Joseph's tomb from 38 to 42. So, verse 1. Then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. From chapter 18, we know that Pilate attempted to release our Lord Jesus Christ in honor of the feast. But he failed, and the people asked Pilate to release Barabbas and to crucify the Lord Jesus Christ. So Pilate, in his heart, he wanted to save the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he thought maybe if he scourged him, this would satisfy the Jews. So after scourging him, the Jews will not demand his crucifixion. Also, maybe Pilate has other purposes in his mind. Maybe he intended to scourge him as a preparation uh, for the crucifixion. Maybe he said, if I scourge Jesus, he might say a confession, and based on this confession, I can find a charge to justify killing him and crucifying him. Uh, Pilate 
from chapter 18, we know that Pilate knew that Jesus is innocent. But in spite of this, he did not judge him justly. He condemned him to be scourged like a criminal. And if Pilate believed that Jesus is innocent, as he declared in chapter 18, then why he deliver him to be uh, scourged? But he was fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah, as we read in Isaiah 50, verse 6, I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. And the same words we say it in St. Gregory liturgy. Also in Psalm 129 verse 3, the plowers plowed on my back. This is about scourging. And as the plowers actually make long furrows, he said they made their furrows long on his back, on the back of the Lord Jesus Christ. This verse shows us the severity of uh, the scourge. Uh, also, the Lord himself prophesied in many references, like in Matthew 20, Mark 10, Luke 18, that uh, he will be delivered to the Gentiles to mock him and to scourge him and to crucify him. Verse 2, And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. Then they said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him with their hands. After Jesus was scourged, Pilate allowed this wounded and bruised man, our Lord Jesus Christ, to be insulted by the Roman soldiers. The commentators actually explain to us how cruel they are. If you read in the Romans history, these people would enjoy watching gladiators attempting killing one another, or wild animals attacking prisoners. And this was their entertainment, to watch people killing one another, or how they fight beast animals. So, this cruelty also was common among the Roman soldiers. And now they started to mock and ridicule our Lord Jesus Christ. They removed the clothes of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he was given a various symbols of royalty as a king, because uh, the Jews said he was charged 
by opposing Caesar and saying, I am the king of the Jews. So they were making fun of him. They were mocking him. So he was given a purple or scarlet robe, color commonly worn by royalty. Also, he was given a crown, but they made this crown out of thorns in order to hurt him rather of honoring him. And the other evangelists mentioned that they put reed into his right hand. And they mockingly bowed to him and called him Hail, King of the Jews. They spit on him and they took the reed from his hand and hit him over the head. And of course, by hitting him over the head, the thorns would dig deep into his scalp. And in the same time, they are belittling him and belittling his uh, claim that I am the king of the Jews or I have kingdom. Of course, spiritual, spiritual king in the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, but the truth remains true. And in spite of all this mocking, in reality, the Lord Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Verse 4. Pilate then went out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Here St. John adds some details not found in the other Gospels. And it's clear even after scourging the Lord Jesus Christ, Pilate attempted to reason with the Jews in order to avoid the responsibility of killing an innocent man. So he brought Jesus before the people wearing the robe and the crown of thorns. Maybe they can see by themselves the suffering he had endured. Also, he affirmed, as he mentioned before in chapter 18, verse 38, he affirmed again that he found no reason to kill the, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was hoping that this would be enough to convince the Jews. Jesus suffered enough from the mockery and scourging so maybe the Jews would agree to let him go. And in declaring that Jesus is innocent, Pilate implied his own authority to release the Lord Jesus Christ without punishment. Verse 5. 
Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. But we can see that Pilate was reluctant to condemn Jesus or to deliver him to be crucified. This reluctance was actually surprising if we know how the contemporary historians described Pontius Pilate. For example, the Jewish historian and theologian Philo of Alexandria described Pilate as a man of inflexible disposition, very merciless and very stubborn. So a man like this, why he is reluctant to condemn the Lord Jesus Christ? Why he brought him to in front of the Jews and did not release him immediately if he find no fault in him? Why did he scourge him and give him to the soldier to mock him? Uh, <clears throat> and in verse 2, when St. John said, and the soldiers twisted a crown of thorn and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. These actually memories, St. John wrote his Bible, his gospel, maybe 60 years after the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. But in spite of this long time, 60 years, these memories were imprinted in, in the mind of St. John. But when actually Pontius Pilate brought Jesus in front of the Jews, he told them, Behold the man. Why he used the word the man? The accusation was Jesus is claiming to be the king of the Jews. And he won't actually to take the kingdom of the Jews and to restore the kingdom of King David and to overthrow the Roman Empire. <clears throat> so Pilate, by saying, behold, the man, he wanted to tell them, if Jesus actually wanted to be a king and to oppose Caesar, definitely he would have followers Definitely would have his soldiers to defend him and fight for him. Nobody want to do to overthrow an empire to do it just by himself. So he want to tell them, your accusation is false. Now you can see this man, weak, helpless, no followers opposing the authority or fighting for him. So, why you are afraid of him? Also, maybe the reluctance of Pontius Pilate because of his unwillingness to cooperate with the Jewish authority. As if he is trying to tell them, you are not telling me what I will do. I am here the judge, not you, the governor, not you. Also, as we know from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the wife of Pontius Pilate saw a dream 
And she shared this dream with the Lord Jesus, with Pontius Pilate. So this reluctance could be because he had spoken with his wife, who told him of a dream about this innocent man. Or maybe the cold heart of a Roman soldier like Pontius Pilate had been moved in the presence of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 6. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. So, after hearing Pontius Pilate repeating that he did not find any fault in this man, and after seeing the body of our Lord Jesus Christ torn with scourging, his head and forehead pierced with thorns, his face swollen with beating. So the people, what we expect, the people could have asked for his release. But the chief priests and the officers quickly cried out saying, crucify him, crucify him. Their envy and malice was so extreme that they did not accept Pilate's judgment that he is innocent. They were not sorry for the pains of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, they considered him deserving death, even if he was innocent. Because in their opinion or their excuse and justification, that their safety, their security, and the peace of the city necessitated his crucifixion. The Lord Jesus Christ was in heartbreaking condition. His mock dress and had on him all the marks of the cruel usage. This was enough to move the heart of a stone. Yet these people who were the chief priests, their heart was not moved. And instead of being affected with this sight, uh, to agree upon his release, they actually cried out, crucify him, crucify him. And this was done in a very noisy way. And the repetition of their request, crucify him, crucify him, show their impatience. <coughs> they, they wanted actually to get rid of the Lord Jesus Christ at any expense. Uh, and it is remarkable to notice here that when they called for his crucifixion, they were actually fulfilling the scripture without realizing. Because the scripture 
as we read in uh, Psalm 22, we prophesied that the Lord would be, the Messiah would be crucified. That how he would die. And the Lord Jesus Christ, more than one time, he said to the disciples that he would be delivered to crucifixion. So in their blindness, they did not realize that they were fulfilling the scripture when they said, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate actually told them, you take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. Was he serious by saying this? Definitely not. Because the authority to kill or to execute was only in the hands of the Roman governor, not in the hand of the Jews. So here Pilate was not granting them permission to take the law, law into their hands and to crucify the Lord Jesus Christ. But actually, he said this in angry sarcasm. Uh, actually, as if he was threatening them by saying, okay, you say crucify him, crucify him, you took him. Crucify him if you dare to crucify him because you don't have this authority. Because I find no fault in this man. Uh, in other words, go crucify him by your own hands. Take all the responsibility and then actually I will judge you because you violated the Roman law. As if Pilate was mocking their powerlessness. And this implies that he wanted to release the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7. The Jews answered him, We have a law. And according to our law, he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Now you notice the first accusation, he was opposing Caesar. But now after he said, I find no fault, they start to change the accusation. <clears throat> Actually, at that moment when Pilate said, I found no fault in this man, the trial ended. And Pilate, if he was a just judge, would have released the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and actually, if he decided so, there would be no other decision. St. John Chrysostom Commenting on this, he said, Observe how the judge, Pontius Pilate, presented his defense in many ways to acquit the Lord of the accusations against him. He tried several times. But nothing of all this shamed them, the Jews. 
they insisted on fulfilling their aim. The statement that Pontius Pilate said, you take him and crucify him, is an expression of one who wants to be innocent of committing a crime. As if Pontius Pilate said, this is a crime to crucify Jesus. And I want to be innocent of this crime. Go if you dare and crucify him. And he wants to force the Jews to do something illegal because this power was not in the hands of the Jews. For they brought the Lord to him to decide on crucifying him. If it was in their authority, they would actually crucify him. But they brought the, the Lord to Pontius Pilate in order for Pontius Pilate to crucify the Lord Jesus Christ. But what happened was the opposite. For the judge declared the innocence of the Lord and did not indict him. Of course, the Jews felt the mockery of Pilate when he told them, go and crucify him, knowing that they wouldn't dare to do it. So now they are appealing to their own law, the Jewish law. And uh, in a way, the Roman Empire honored the Jewish law as long as it does not directly affect the government. So they changed the accusation from one opposing Caesar and the Roman authorities. Now he, they change it to, to what? Blasphemy against God. And blasphemy against God, Pontius Pilate has nothing to do with it. The only people who can judge this is the chief priests. So they charged him now with an offense Pontius Pilate had no right to discuss. They told him he made himself son of God, and according to our law, he should die. So they asserted that Jesus, by that law, guilty of a capital offense, when, if he says, I am the son of God, for which he ought to die. So while they, they were thinking that they are honoring the law of God, according to our law, he should die, in reality, they were breaking the law of God. And they hoped that Pontius Pilate would honor their law in this and condemn Jesus to death. But this statement, he said, I am the son of God, and according to our law, he should die. This statement constitutes admission. They admit that in the beginning, they misled Pontius Pilate when they told him he made himself king and now opposing uh, Pontius Pilate. 
So actually, they admit it now, they're lying. They lied to Pontius Pilate. Verse 8, Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, that he made himself the son of God, he was more afraid and went again into the praetorium and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate now, when he heard that Jesus claiming to be the son of God, Pilate was afraid. And because he was not sure who Jesus really was, Pontius Pilate must have heard of some of the current impression to the life of Jesus, to his words, his teaching, his miracles. And in chapter 18, Jesus said, yes, I am a king and my kingdom is not from here. So Pontius Pilate himself heard Jesus claiming a kingdom not of this world. In addition, the dream of his wife, which actually he interpreted as message from the gods. And now the Jews is speaking of him as one who claimed to be the son of God. And Rome in general, the Romans were very superstitious about gods in the form of men. So this last accusation made Pontius Pilate scared, afraid, distressed who Jesus was. That's why he took him again into the hall and start to speak to him privately. He asked him, where are you from? Pontius Pilate knew that he was from Galilee, and he sent him to Herod. So he was not asking, where are you from, from Galilee? Actually, the Greek text means, what is the secret of your origin? Who are you really? Who are you really? Uh, so he was not asking where he used to live. Jesus had answered in, in chapter 18 when Pilate asked Jesus, Are you a king? Jesus answered Pilate. But concerning this question, the Lord Jesus Christ gave no answer. Why Jesus was silent? This silence actually had many explanations. One of the explanations that the Lord already answered him in chapter 18 and verse 37. When Pilate told him, are you a king? Jesus said, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. For this cause I have come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. 
So he already gave the answer and he told him, I have come into the world, then I am not of this world and my kingdom is not of this world. And everyone who is from the truth will hear my voice. But actually Pontius Pilate was impatient, he did not listen. As we read in 18 verse 38, Pilate said to him, what is the truth or what is truth? And he left him. What is truth Pontius Pilate meant? He was not asking to learn, but he said, can anybody know the truth? Everybody claims that he knows the truth. So he left him. Maybe if he waited, the Lord would explain to him what is truth. Another reason why the Lord Jesus Christ did not answer Pontius Pilate, the Lord said in chapter 18, verse 38, uh, sorry, verse 36, 37, I'm sorry, 37, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. But the Lord, knowing that Pontius Pilate not of the truth, so he could not hear the voice of the Son of God. That's why the voice did not speak. The, the voice became silent. Because he, Pontius Pilate not of the truth, so he cannot hear the voice of the Son of God. Maybe another reason, as if the Lord said to Pontius Pilate, is this question relevant? You said you, find no, you found no fault in me. You should release me. So this question, where I am from, is irrelevant. Uh, what would Jesus' place or circumstances or origin have to do with this? He's either guilty of a crime or not. And you said, I have no... I have not found fault with this man, then this question is relevant. When the Lord Jesus Christ gave him no answer, no answer, verse 10, then Pilate said to him, are you not speaking to me? Okay, do you, don't, do you not know? that I have power to crucify you and power to release you. So, Pilate, as a Roman governor, he was very, very arrogant. So, he felt that Jesus giving him no answer, a, a huge insult. So that's why he told him, are you not speaking to me? As if, do you dare not to speak to me, not to answer my question. He was very angry, resenting his silence and looking upon the Lord Jesus Christ as if like a contempt of him. Any Roman governor expects people to stand in fear of them, afraid of them. So, as if he thinks of the Lord Jesus Christ, are you not afraid of me? 
I am Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. I have the power of life and death in his mind. I have power to crucify you and power to release you. He is boasting of his authority to do one or the other. I can kill you or release you. And we notice here the sudden change. After Pontius Pilate was afraid when he heard that Jesus, son of God, when his pride was attacked, now he started to uh, uh, boast proudly. So there is a sudden change here. He was afraid of the divine power of the Lord Jesus Christ, lest Jesus have any divinity in him. But now, he boasts and brags of his own power and threatens with his authority to punish with death or even the death of the cross. I have power to crucify you. And Pilate exaggerated in showing his power. Pilate thought that he was in control of the situation. And he forgot According to the Roman law, he had no right to crucify an innocent person. He had no right to release Barabbas, who was supposed to be crucified according to the Roman law. And after he was afraid when he heard Jesus could be the Son of God, now Pilate forgot that God Almighty is there and nothing happened without the permission of God. And we can see in his arrogance, he actually assumes superior authority of life and death. As if he was saying, I am the judge. You are the accused criminal. I am your master. I am the master of the Jews. You are absolutely in my my power. And he didn't understand that the silence of our Lord Jesus Christ was not because he refused to answer the question, no, but because Pilate will not understand the truth. He said, what is the truth and lived Jesus Christ? Verse 11, Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Uh, The silence, uh, the the power of our Lord Jesus Christ came from above. And the word above here is the same word that that our Lord Jesus Christ used when he talked with uh, Nicodemus in chapter uh, 3, 
when he said, the one who is born from above is above all. So that's the same. Or unless you are born again from above. So the word above here means heaven. Jesus told Pilate that no one could have power over him unless it was given from heaven. Any power over Jesus must come from God. Uh, Pontius Pilate would not possess any power over Jesus Christ if God had not appointed him for the fulfillment of his destiny concerning Jesus. So, God the Father delivered his son for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So this decision was the decision of God the Father. But Pontius Pilate was a tool in the hand of God. This is clear in the Sermon of St. Peter in Acts chapter 4, verse 27 and 28. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel who gathered together, to do, Pontius Pilate and Herod and all the Gentiles, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. So, what God determined and what God purposed from before, even before the creation of the world, before all ages, it was determined and purposed. Now in the fullness of time, Herod and Pilate just fulfilling. They are tools in the hand of God, nothing more. So Pilate has no authority over the Lord Jesus Christ, but it was given to him from above. So, Pilate here is not acting in independent self-determination, but as a tool in the divine economy about what about to happen to the Lord Jesus Christ. These words to Pontius Pilate that the Lord said to him, you have no authority over me. This was a rebuke of a proud man, arrogant man like Pontius Pilate, who was forgetful of the great source of his authority, who supposed that by his own talent or fortune, he had risen to his present place. No, every authority is from God, as we read in Romans chapter 13. Pontius Pilate had been guilty of sin already. Why? In scourging Jesus, innocent man, and delivering him to the hand of the Roman soldiers to mock and abuse him. So, but the Lord said, therefore, the one who delivered me to you had the greater sin. 
which implies Pontius Pilate committed a sin, but the one who delivered the Lord to Pontius Pilate has a greater sin. So what is the sin of Pontius Pilate so far in, in the crucifixion? He scourged an innocent man, delivered him to the soldiers to mock him, and this was his sin. And in the future, in the very, very recent future, Pontius Pilate would be guilty of a greater sin by delivering the Lord Jesus Christ to be crucified, although he knew that he is innocent. So these are the sins. But the one who delivered Pontius Pilate, Jesus Christ to Pontius Pilate, who is this one? This one could be Judas. So this implies that the sin of Judas in delivering the Lord Jesus Christ into the hands of the chief priests and elders, and the chief priests and elder and the Jews delivered him to Pontius Pilate, so the sin of Judas is greater than the sin of Pontius Pilate. Because Judas was one of the twelve, and he watched the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, his miracles, his ministry. Judas, as a Jewish man, he knew the prophecies. And he knew that the Messiah is the Son of God. So, we notice here that there is difference in sin. Not all sins are equal. When the Lord said, the sin of the one who delivered me to you is greater then not all sins are equal. But some scholars suggest that uh, speaking about the betrayal of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who delivered me to you, the one who delivered me to you, this actually was written in the present tense not in the past tense, in the Greek text, which actually indicates that the Lord Jesus Christ was not speaking about Judas here, but he was speaking about the Jewish authorities who were actually presently in act of bringing uh, the Lord Jesus Christ to be crucified. And in reality, Judas delivered him to the hand of the chief priest. But who delivered Jesus to the hand of Pilate? The chief priests. But the Lord said, the one, the one who delivered me. So if we're going to take this literally, then this could be a reference to the high priest Caiaphas, who served as a leader and the chief representative of the Jewish authority. Because the Lord went through six trials. First, before Annas, the father-in-law of Caiaphas, then before the Sanhedrin, then before Caiaphas. These are three religious trials. Then he went into three civil trials. Pontius Pilate, then before Herod, and then back to Pontius Pilate. But if Qiyafa was an honest man, 
he would not deliver the Lord Jesus Christ to Pontius Pilate. But we see here, even when Pontius Pilate said, I found no fault in this man, the chief priest led by Qiyafah actually triggered the people to say, crucify him, crucify him. So, the one who delivered Jesus could be in this actually Qiyafah, uh, not, uh, not Judas only. Uh, I think we took 50 minutes now, so let's stop here our Bible study for tonight. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.